Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, it's National Signing Day, but we don't have a recruiting coordinator anymore. <laughs> I don't know that it made a difference. We we signed, what, 11 guys today or something like that? We signed oh, 11 players. Yeah. We've got uh, three, four, five of those guys are grad transfers. So Yeah, yeah. And then... Let's see. One, two, three. Let, 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 this is easier. Let's just do it this way. We signed one freshman. That's it? Blazing Lono Wong from Hawaii. That's the only high school kid we signed today? Yes. What about the Saguaro kid from the committed yesterday? Did he not sign? Apparently he hasn't announced it yet. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm looking at okay. this. We've got. I didn't, I didn't pay that close of attention. But, I mean, Howie's okay. got the the signing class roster. Yeah, let me go to it. Yeah, it's uh, Emmett Bull grad transfer, Rodney Gross yeah. sophomore from Mississippi State, Dylan Hall D line from Boise State Antelope Valley Community College, yeah. Des Holmes yeah. grad transfer Penn State, Nesta Jade Silvera grad transfer Miami, Blazing Lono Wong, great last name. Uh, yes, no doubt. Chris Martinez, grad transfer, San Diego State. Jalil Rivera-Harvey, D-line from East Los Angeles College. Yeah, yeah. The 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 great grand bear, Paul Tyson. Yep, that's right, that's right, yes. Uh, Messiah Swinton, Swinson, yeah. sorry, Swinson from Missouri. Yes. And, and Zazavian Valaday. Yes, um, yes. Should we be concerned that they listed them in the wrong alphabetical order? Last I checked, Swinson should be listed before Tyson. That's a side note, but still a little bothersome. Should we be concerned by that? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I mean it's, it's... It's down the list of concerns, but still, it, it bothers me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not great, I'll say that. No, no. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's about... Given the scenario we're in, it's about what you expect because, you know, it's it's got to be a hard sell. I know the transfer portal changes things and guys who commit here out of high school aren't necessarily bound to be here for, you know, four years or whatever like it used to feel like. But still, it's you know, the sell of a high school kid is, hey, this is where you want to spend your career and I'm going to look after you. And like that's got to be a hard sell right now. Um because, I mean, anybody with, with, you know, half a brain can realize that the staff you're committing to is likely not the staff that you're going to be playing for for more than a year, if that. Um, on that note, today marked the official end of Antonio Pierce at ASU. He's resigned to pursue other opportunities, yeah. presumably not in college where one can only expect so. he will be dinged with a show cause order for some yeah, some extended so. period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's a it's a day that we knew was coming at some point between, you know, the end of the season and I figured the start of spring ball. I mean, we talked about it last week and I even said we're probably, you know, starting spring ball within the next, you know, four, six weeks, I would guess. You know, you, you need to have a defensive coordinator in place, and it didn't feel like he was going to be it, and he's not now. Um, I mean, as I texted you earlier, you know, it's like if you told me two years ago he was leaving, or even one year ago right now, I would have thought, oh, man, that's bad news. Mm -hmm. But given all that's transpired the last, what, seven, eight months, I, okay. 
I mean, it's it's time. It's time to move on, and he won't be the last one that we say that about, probably. He is the fifth assistant coach to be gone Yeah, in a manner of days. Officially gone, yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, the three were gone all year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too, I mean, but, uh, you, you go back and look at where we were at spring ball, I guess, if you want to say that. Like, yeah, five of, so we have ten, is it ten full-time assistants, or does the ten count Herm? Is it nine full-time assistants? No, I think it's ten plus Herm. Okay. So essentially half of our assistant coaching staff from the end of spring ball 2021, when we had a lot of optimism, a lot of, you know, brimming optimism for the present and hopefully the future uh, are gone now. Yeah, including both coordinators, which nothing right. says stability of a program like losing both your coordinators after an 8-5 and five season as opposed right, to, right. you know, a 12-1 and one season. Yeah, losing both and, and not to go, you know, go be a coordinator at Alabama or a head coach somewhere. So, I mean, yeah, it's a different a different beast if you lose both your coordinators to promotions or something like that. Like, eh, it stinks, but, you know, okay. Um, but, yeah, to lose both, uh, you know, to, to, well, resignation, I'll put that in quotes, um, is not ideal. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, what can you say except to say, like, uh, the next coach – which I presume will be the coach starting in 2023, although who knows, um, is going to have a project on their hands. I mean, it's it's going to it's going to be probably a little difficult for that coach initially. I I would say so. Um, I did not, you know, you and I talked about this. Will will they let Ray do this? Will Michael Crow do it? Yeah. And you and I yeah. both a week ago were on the idea of. Well, he'll probably do it. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm now shifting a little yeah, because there is such there is such a groundswell, and maybe I'm just looking at the wrong thing because yeah, you know, my Twitter feed is a bunch of ASU fans and beat writers. <laughs> right, right. No, but, I agree. But I theoretically, the these are the people whose opinions matter, and the people who inform and shape mm-hmm. those opinions, mm-hmm. and everyone. To a person is like, well, why isn't Herm gone? Why isn't yeah. why isn't Ray Anderson gone? And and, yeah. and and the turning point for me, why I started to think this, I texted you this. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Cartman is you know Sun Devil Source is not right. He he's not an out on the limb guy. He's a guy who no. who waits. From what I have viewed, he's a guy who waits sure. until the news is out and then says, "Oh, sure. I knew that was coming." Yes, yes, 100%, yes. And here, what he's doing is on on the podcast, granted it's the free one, because that's the level I'm at, uh, (laughs) on the free podcast, they were talking about it, and he said that he thinks that they have to fire both these guys, and that that's what's going to happen. Well, if he's at that level, and he's never, you know, he's never on the branch first he he's letting no. somebody else climb out on that limb if he's there then sentiment is there to me i agree i agree uh, yeah I, and and yeah i was gonna say that so if i if i recall you know last thursday we talked and we had this discussion over you know does ray anderson get to hire the next basketball coach the next football coach and then it was friday that the zach hill news broke correct, correct. It was the next day 
So, and I remember even like I, I think I, I don't think I actually texted you this, but I, I thought about it, and I was gonna say, you know, boy, uh, we should we should do a retake of that uh, prediction because the Zach Hill news was was um, it was a jolt to the system. Well, because you know Hill the other three coaches, you know, right? What they what they gave the news they gave when Auburn didn't pursue Hill, right? Was kind of like the. Morgan Freeman, Dark Knight line of we can't be seen to associate with whatever sure. it is you're accused of doing. Like, because because sure, sure, yeah. no one had said Hill did anything. It was a lot of like right. what whatever it is you were just too close to it. You're connected to it some way. Yeah, yeah. And and the other three coaches being gone. I mean, I, you know, I don't think you and I or anybody who follows the program at all was surprised by that. That was coming from the moment they were put on administrative leave last August or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Antonio Pierce being gone, not a big surprise, but well, Pierce, this was like, you a, know, Pierce had been emotionally and mentally gone for months yes, for a while. Yeah. And, and so this was like another, you know, shock to the system in some ways that like, man, this goes further. And, and of course, you know, as you just pointed out about one writer, but other writers do it too. As soon as this comes out, then you get the, I, I mean, I know I sent you the, the tweet from, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, Chris Vanini, if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing that right, Yeah. about, you know, a lot of people in college sports are upset that nothing's happened at ASU, and Bruce Feldman's on it, and it's like, you know, the, the wolves just start coming and feeding on the carcass. And mm-hmm. and so it did feel like Friday was kind of a kind of a plate shifter in a way, and now this week, you know, with, with the, you know, the expected, but nonetheless notable departure of Antonio Pierce it just yeah it starts to feel like man you know how many sacrificial lambs can you have before you go to the top and the top is Herm and Ray and they're they're inextricably late well and that's that's the thing also is like Michael Crow for whatever his flaws are as an agent as a school president right treating a sports program has really right. let the ADs operate autonomously mm-hmm. with the one caveat being do not bring shame to the house. Right. And right. here we have shame happened. being brought yeah. to the house. It's what's happened. I mean, the final result is an end, but but the shame is already there. I mean, we're the we're the object of derision. I mean, I saw Stuart Mandel tweets today, you know, oh, but but you know, the news about Pierce. And then he says, you know, but Herm gets to stay and keep hiring his old buddies. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so we are, we, we, you know, the shame is already there. Well, and, and the um, other and piece of this the is, yet. the other piece of this is we've gotten to the, we've gotten to the end of, I think, was this a good hire? And the answer is, is going to be a resounding no, because regardless That's of the outcome yeah. on the field, the yeah. team, this team, I, I will tell you now, and I hope I'm wrong, this team is is not going to win the Pac-12 South. This team is not no, going to do something I, exciting next year. And at that no. point, what you're telling me is we're the exact same place we were at the end of the Todd Graham era, except we're also yeah. leaving the cupboard there. Yeah, I mean, it's a very fair point. Uh, I mean, you know, I've thought about that myself over the last few weeks, and it's been, you know, like... Okay, if if this was the pinnacle of the Herm years, was it a good hire? I don't see how you can say the answer is yes. Now, was it a horrendous hire? I mean, I go I go back to the feeling that was out there when his name first came out before we even hired him, and it was like, oh my god, 
what are you thinking? This is going to be horrible. And, and it wasn't that, but, but yet I, I want to be careful in saying like, that should not be the standard to evaluate it. Like, well, it wasn't a huge embarrassing failure in the words of, uh, you know, Tommy boy. Uh, it wasn't that at least so far, you know, it may end that way. Um, I was going to say, but, it, but, but it also, the, the thing to me is, isn't the upside gone, but the downside is still yes. there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, like, it's, it's all about, you know, we've talked about this with Jaden Daniels, like how you evaluate him because of the expectations that were on him initially. And, and so it's like, okay, if you told me that when we hired her and everybody was, you know, whipping us about, oh, what a stupid hire, that like, okay, just here's what the on the field results would be for his first four years. I probably would have said, all right, not bad. Could, you know, I was expecting worse. But then when you tell me kind of like how the first year went and how the recruiting seemed to be shaping up and 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 the, the optimism that was coming and it was like, well, this is going to work. I told you, you know, like Ray Anderson, I mean, he never said it, but that, that was the message. It was like, I knew what I was doing and I told you this was smart and look how great it's going to be. And we never got anywhere near those heights. I mean, eight and four, eight and five, you count the bowl game. Um is not at all the heights that he was supposed to deliver. He was supposed to deliver, you know, top – I mean, I'm going to use the words again of Ray Anderson, top 15 in the nation, top three in the conference. He hasn't done that any year so far. Well, and I'll say this. If you are going to do what we are accused of doing, and I yeah. and accused is being used liberally from a journalistic and legal <laughs> perspective. Right, you right. Know, you gotta be Ole Miss and yeah. like have a year where you're number you know nine in the country and, and right. are excited. At the very and, least, yeah, give me a top ten season like like what old you know Reverend Hugh did there at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, like they they cheated and they got caught. He got fired and you know, but man, they made they made a Sugar Bowl and a Peach Bowl in that time. Like okay, that's not bad. You know, they beat Alabama a couple times. They had. You know, a lot of really talented players that came through first round picks and and, you know, like, OK, you know, didn't win a national title, didn't win an SEC title, but gave their fans a couple of really memorable years, you know, before it kind of crumbled. Um, and, yeah, we didn't have that. And that's what stinks the most. It's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're going to run afoul of the rules at least, you know, have us have the year where we were like, you know, 10 and two or 11 and one. And we got to the Rose bowl or the Fiesta bowl or something like that. And like, all right, well, we enjoyed that ride while it lasted. Like four is a hard thing to be like, yeah, it was all worth it for that eight and four seasons. Yeah. The the Western university dolphins weren't okay. (laughs) They were great. (laughs) Right. They were number one. They beat, they beat Indiana with Bobby Hurley and Calvert Chaney and all those other guys, Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, it's got to be worth it. And yeah, it's not worth it. And I mean, I agree. Like, no, I don't think this team is winning the Pac-12 or Pac-12 South. I mean, I you know, like depending on what happens between now and September, whatever day we start third, I think, or maybe it's the first. Um, I mean, we could be looking at a god awful season. Like, I. I I told you in December, like, well, we're probably looking at a, you know, another six win season or something like that. I mean, you could, it could be bad. It could just, you know, cause you could see guys leave at the end of spring ball. Well, I was going to say, how confident, how confident are you that 
you know, go position by position. How confident are you that Jaden Daniels is still going to be there? How confident are Not you super confident. that Merlin Robertson is going to still be there? Right, yeah. right. I mean, not no, not overly confident because if things continue to go south with the coaching staff, you continue, you know, and, and you you know the the storm clouds get closer. I mean, we talked about this. I think May first is the cutoff to to go in the portal and be play somewhere next year. So you still got three months, uh, and and you know if you're yeah, I mean, I'm surprised Jaden Daniels came back at all. I told you that when it happened, but you know, somebody gets hurt or, or there's, you know, an opening and he thinks I'm going to get out of here. Now here's the question. Is Jaden Daniels inextricably linked to all this too? I mean, his mom being a part of some of the stuff and I'm like, you know, maybe the, maybe he figures, you know, I might as well go down with the ship. Um, but yeah, well, some other I, I guys, think that he knows? might have, I, I think to your point, he might have a little of the Zach Hill Auburn thing where it's like, look, right. I, I, I don't know that you did anything, but I don't want you coming right. here. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, I'm going to say something that's probably irresponsible to speculate, but does Jane Daniels want to go somewhere else? Because if he goes somewhere else, he might actually get coached hard. You know, he might mm-hmm. actually have a coach that doesn't tell him how wonderful he is all the time and, and, you know, have everybody basically smooching him. Um, he goes somewhere else. He's going to have to probably compete for a job and, and work hard. And I'm not sure he's got that bar at ASU. Kind of feels like he's just been handed everything. Um, so I don't know if he goes, but yeah, other guys sure could. Um, and I, yeah, I just like, you know, like Daniel Nada doesn't need this job. No, he doesn't. No, no. I mean, so, you know, with our roster as it is right now, is that enough to probably win, you know, six games? Probably, but who knows? I mean, it's, it's way early. I realize, and you know, things, but I mean, as we've talked about, you know, like I think Utah's a, a playoff contender this coming year. I think they're a really good team. Well, and if you thought um, Oklahoma was, then you think USC is. In a way, yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I, I think, you know, Feldman wrote a good column on The Athletic about like, you know, they got some sexy names, but there's they don't have much depth. And like, we should temper our expectations for USC in 2022. And he's probably right. But they're better than us. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They're, well, they're good enough to probably win eight, class. nine. Look at Arizona's recruiting class. They, yeah. You know. And UCLA's got a lot back. I mean, DTR's coming back. Charbonnet's coming back. Chip Kelly's staying. Like, you know, I mean, at the very least, we're in the we're in the second half of the South, I feel like, behind SC, UCLA, and Utah. Yeah. Maybe and, we're ahead and, of Colorado. Maybe we're ahead of Arizona. But it, maybe. Like, to your point, we this team could go, you know, 2-10. and ten. Two and ten. Yeah, I'm thinking the same. I mean, we have who do we open with? I'm trying to. I, I, I believe I'm isn't is this it. year the NAU year? Is it an NAU it's year? NAU, I think Oklahoma it is. State and Eastern Michigan. I know yeah. is our other home non-conference game. So you would presume, fingers crossed, that you could at least go two and one in that stretch. But then mm-hmm. you get into the conference play, and it's like you know, your North opponents are Oregon State who certainly took strides in the right direction. And had a good recruiting uh, class. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, everybody had a good else? recruiting class compared to us, I acknowledge. True, true, exactly, yeah. You go to Stanford, I mean, that's not, like, Stanford's been down, and that's certainly not a tough environment to go to. Um, so I guess that doesn't seem overwhelming. You got Washington coming in. You would think Washington probably is better than last year. I mean, that everything went wrong for them last year. You'd think they'd take a step forward. And who else? I'm trying to remember uh, who's our other one. Is it Washington State? I think we go to Washington State, yeah. don't we? 
Yeah. So that's not easy, you know? I mean, so I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's way too early to start playing the game by game result thing. I realize, but yeah, I mean, I like, is, is a two or three win season, you know, out of the realm of possibility. I, I don't think so. Sadly. No. And at that point you're clearing house, obviously. And yeah, I yeah, mean, the, the, the thing is, you you texted this because we I, I, we never got into it, but so Zach Hill yeah. resigns sort of unexpectedly. Uh, the first response is, well, it's not going to be Brian Billick, which sure he hasn't right. had to draw plays up in twenty years. Right. Let's not go right. to him. And there's also no way that he wants to work that hard. I mean, yeah. Let's just call it what it is. There's no way he wants to be a full time, you know, working seventy hour a week offensive coordinator. Not mm-hmm. a chance. So we bring in. The UNLV offensive coordinator, who right. his claim to fame was not calling plays at Baylor. Yeah. When Baylor was good. When Baylor was decent. Right, right. And the last two years, and, and granted, I mean, I realize, like, there were other problems, but UNLV went 2-16. and 16. And if I recall correctly, when we played them this year, in the second half, didn't they have, like, negative net yardage against us? I mean, it was... I mean, it was bad. Like they they played well in the first half, and then the quarterback got hurt. But, but they were like, "Yeah, was to, that what you saw?" And thought, "Well, we need to get our hands on this yeah, guy." To your point, we scouted them. We watched <laughs> film of the year before where they were bad. We yeah. played them in a game in person. Uh huh. So if you're wondering if the program's in trouble with Herm, with all his connections and all the people who love him, yeah, this is not that guy. No, it's not. Although, no, no. I, I'm going to tell you this right now, and we're not going to get him, and I know that. I'm emotionally <laughs> preparing for that. It's time to pay Coach O a little visit and see <laughs> if we can bring yeah. some of that excitement. <laughs> and then he could be the interim coach when Herb gets fired in October. Yeah. It's what he does best. Exactly. Interim interim coach O, yeah. yeah. Well, look, you uh, wanna you wanna make a run at the Pac twelve South? You bring in Coach O. Yeah. You wait yeah. till week three, you fire Herm after the Oklahoma State game. <laughs> and you let Coach O I mean, just I'm, ride this out. I'm not totally disagreeing with the with the thought process, but I agree with you. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean Coach O's got a lot of money coming to him from LSU. He ain't going anywhere unless somebody's going to pay him handsomely. And I don't think ASU is that place, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, that was just such an uninspired hire there. I mean, and, and mate, look, I don't know anything about the guy besides where he's coached. Um, I don't want to be, you know, like, oh, he sucks. But just like, man, that's it. That's it? The UNLV offensive coordinator? I'd, I'd have rather hired, like, some sort of cutting-edge high school offensive coordinator. Yeah, Give me somebody I, who, like, oh, his high school team's averaged 70 points a game. Like, all right, yeah, why not? Give it a shot. So I'll, I'll say this. Obviously, we weren't going to do it. Uh, obviously. And I yeah. acknowledge this. But wouldn't you have considered giving it to, like, I don't know, a, a Doc Benet and then – give the scholarship offer to the kid at South Point whose brother's a junior and is the number one edge rusher in the country. Right, right. Like, yeah. you know, basically exactly what Oregon did, except give him a scholarship instead of a preferred right. walk-on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, sure. Um, uh, you know, yeah. or, And or by the way, for defensive coordinator, if we don't give it to Rodriguez, we're dumb. We're dumb. I dumb. mean, I would. 
I would agree if he, you know, if he wants the role, I, I think he should have it, uh, you know, because who else are you going to get? Uh, I mean, again, you know, our situation, we talked about it with high school players, like, no, you know, like, I mean, I know when, when Hill got let go, I read somebody, you know, on Twitter, like, oh, they should, they should hire, you know, Berkovici to be the offensive coordinator. Like, Berkovici was an assistant, I don't think a full-time assistant, but an assistant with the Cardinals this year, I believe. Like, he probably hopes to have a future in coaching. Yeah. And he ain't, you know, no good, bright, young coach who has, who has hopes for a future is coming to join us. Oh, we yeah. are a sinking ship right now. No, I... I think what what's going to have to happen, and, and this is really not inconceivable to me, yeah. is a little bit like what happened with baseball. Uh, I think what you're going to do, either with Ray Anderson or not, yeah. you're going to have a whole bottoming out, and then you're going to have to bring back somebody who people like. like yeah. Jordan Simone is going to have to be the D-backs coach. Yeah, you know, yeah. Burko's going to have yeah. to be the QB coach, or Taylor Kelly's going to have to Taylor be the QB Kelly. coach. I say, I mean, he, he's got a good good rep, you know, for his work with quarterbacks. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I don't know that we've got a guy who, you know, could be the head coach. No, I don't think um, I don't think we necessarily have that or need that. No, I agree. But just to just to, you know, get some some good vibes around the program yeah, or, or bring, you know. Bring Hagen back. Apologize. Yeah. It's a mea yeah. culpa to the guys who were driven away from the program in the Herman right. era. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, probably a decent analogy to what will end up happening. And that, I guess that's why, you know, the whole thing of, of you know, we've talked about it maybe six, eight weeks ago as the season ended. Like, feels like we're just going to run it back, but we're going to run it back worse than what we were. You know, it it just had the feel of like, well, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna spin our wheels for 2022. We know that we're gonna have to get rid of Herm soon, or he's gonna have to get rid of himself. Um, you know, like, what are we doing here? Are we are we bringing him back because we really believe he can continue to take us up the mountain, or are we bringing him back just because it's like, well, it's easier than making a change? And it felt like the latter, and it feels like that even more now. I'm. I'm frankly a bit surprised that the conversation, if uh, I'll, uh, let me rephrase, if the conversation isn't being had about, you know, looking at Herm's contract and Pierce's contract for some sort of, you know, not having to pay clause. Yeah. A four cause firing. Yeah. I, I hope that that's being investigated. Yeah, you think so. I mean, you, you definitely think so. Uh, you know, I, I keep going back to, and I know, you know, the people in the in the arena have a different mentality sometimes, but, like, man, Herm should have just announced, like, after that Arizona game, that, like, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to coach the bowl game, uh, but I'm done. I, you know, I, I want to, you know, spend time with the family. I, I've done this for a few years. I've loved it. But like, it's, it's just, not going out on top. It's you know he didn't go out with a national championship or anything. But but it it would be better than probably how he's going to go out. Yeah. Which is probably a horrible losing season. I mean, it feels like it, and and with you know the specter of of the law coming for you, uh, you know, just like 
I know that would have been there anyway if he had retired. I mean, obviously that would have been the, the you know, the, the subhead is like, well, you know, the NCAA investigation's at their door. But still, he could have he could have gone out with some good vibes. Would have you know four zero against Arizona. Uh, you know you have your best record of the four years, and like yeah, okay, uh, you know I've I've done what I could here. It's time to hand it off to the next guy. That wouldn't be Antonio Pierce anymore. But still, you could <clears throat> you could make it. So it's like yep, yeah, uh, you know I'm ready to leave the program in someone else's hands. Would you Would you consider trying to reach out to Danny Gonzalez for the head coaching job? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I, how has he done in New Mexico? I don't really know. Has he been? I mean, I, they're not good. I know, but are they? Are they even respectable? They're meh. Yeah, they're meh. Yeah. But he's, he's only been there two years, right? He's been. He's only been there two years, and as far as we know, he's got a pretty strong record in terms of. Right. NCAA compliance and succeeding on the field as a yeah, coordinator. Yeah. Well, and you factor in he's been there two years, and if I if I recall, wasn't you know University of New Mexico was one of the like they were the worst. most crazily affected by by the 2020 right? You know, like did they have to move their season basically? Yeah, they had to play somewhere else for most of the year or something. You know, like so. I mean, 2020 you can't really hold against him, and and obviously that that bleeds into 21. So has he really had much of a chance to establish anything? Probably not. Um, I mean, if I was if I was looking at guys who you have it so one yeah got some ties here obviously some good feelings you know there's a chance for catching guys on the way down like sure. you know sure. the the Mike Norvell of it all is <laughs> you know yeah it's yeah. appealing in, in sort of the Shaka Smart Marquette way yeah of like yeah. hey look. We're here. Uh huh. You might not have that job, but you could just leave it on your own terms. Yep. And yep. say that. Yeah. No. No. I mean, that one makes a lot of sense. If he would want to cut, you know, like if it's like, well, he, you know, he climbed too close to the sun going to Florida State. It's just not working. He took the uh, money. He got paid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but maybe a, a second tier Power Five program. And when I say second tier, I mean, it depends on how you want to define your tiers. Uh, we're not really second tier. We're probably more like third or fourth. But but still, um, you know, it's it's not Florida State level. Mm-hmm. And and you get some but time. But it's better I mean, than whoever Memphis. Whoever the guy is, it's better than Memphis. Yeah, yeah. And, and whoever the next guy is, you're going to have to give them a leash. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not going to be like a, well, come on in and you better win right away. It's going to be, you know, okay, you know, like you're our guy. Let's figure this out. Let's get it right. Um, you know, and yeah, you don't get forever. I mean, in, in today's game, with the transfer market being what it is, like I think there will be expectation of like, okay, by year two or three, you better have us be competitive at least. Yeah. But still, it's not going to be a well. You better come in and win the conference year one, or or you know, we're going to be ready to fire you. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm just thinking out loud here. Like, no, I agree. Right? He yeah. he makes sense. You know, I think we might actually, unfortunately, be beyond even a Jay Norvell because uh, he seems to still be ascending. Yeah, yeah, um, probably so. Yeah, didn't he leave Nevada for Colorado State? Yeah, which was kind of odd, to be honest. Like, I mean, to leave for a program in the same conference, but maybe there's more to the story there if you if I paid closer attention to it. But, but yeah, you're right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we have. That's one thing. We have plenty of former assistants that are out there as head coaches. Well, um, some of them are beyond our grasp. Like Billy Napier, obviously, is beyond our grasp right now. Yeah, uh, but but, th- but there are others who who would make sense. Well, and there's also the like, there are guys who are coordinators who at at moments, you know, we've had, uh, you know, the guy who went to Auburn. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. who um, guys, guys whose resumes, you know, maybe got padded a little bit, you know, but they were over their heads. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah. sort of like a Norvell. Um, right. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and then, you know, I mean, I, I drew this comparison, I think a few weeks ago, it won't be this guy, but kind of like what Baylor did when they got Matt Rule from Temple. Like, you know, can you, do you pluck a, a group of five guy? Who's on the way? You know, not Luke Fickle. I mean, that's that's beyond our level. And, well, and he's going to be and a, going to the Power Five, right? Right. You know, so that's not you know, but somebody. From, but if you think, could you do a Jim Tressel move? Could you find a coach who's been super uber successful at a lower level, at the FCS level or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what you're going to probably have to do. Like, could you get the James Madison coach? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a guy who's looking for that first opportunity, who's willing to, who's willing to work hard, and and knows that this is a this is a tall mountain to climb, but isn't isn't scared by it. You know, like he's willing to come in and do the dirty work to clean things up. And you know, I mean, really, what Matt Rule did at Baylor is remarkable. Like they were in the depths. You know, when he got there from the Art Bryle stuff, and what two or three years later they're in the Big Twelve title game. Um, you know, so it's uh, the models there, it's tough, but you, if you get a coach who has the hunger to do it, uh, it, it can be done at least, I think. Yeah. And there are other guys, you know, I think you, well, not to be the Island of Misfit Toys, but I think you look around and you think like, okay, well, who's in a spot where, you know, their career either a didn't get where they want, or here's a promotion that might look good. Sure. You know, sure. yeah. yeah, like, uh, you know, would if you want to talk about maybe making a, a splash move, Joe Brady, head coach. Yeah, I mean, I know what he did. I hear he took the Bills quarterback coach job today. Yeah. Um, seems like he wants to be in the NFL, like, because I think he could have had offensive coordinator jobs in college. And it seems like he stayed away from that. But yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. Uh, you know, like, who knows? I mean, it, it, it appears well, I mean, realistically, we're not going to be making this decision until next year. Even if Herm gets canned between now and the end of the season, we're just going to promote somebody to be the interim coach, I would say. You know, I mean, like, it's it's too late to make that move now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what it's got to be. And look, as, as, you know, desperate times as it might seem, there's only, you know, 65 Power 5 programs in the country. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more than 65 people who want to be head coaches of those type of programs. So, you know, it's like, I mean, I heard, you know, they're talking about Louisville basketball last weekend. Like, oh, I don't know who's going to want that job. Lots of people are going to want that job. Is it a tough task right now? Sure. It's not the prettiest job to have, but it's Louisville basketball. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to want it. Now, ASU football isn't that, but, you know, like it's it's still an attractive spot. You know, you're in a big city, big school. Um, you know, a, an opportunity to, to make some noise here. So, you know, there will be people who want it, 
but you're not getting the best of the best. I mean, you're not getting the Luke Fickles of the world who are like, you know, oh, they could go anywhere they want. No, you're, you're not going to get that. You're going to get somebody, like you said, on the downslide or somebody just trying to make their way up the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and look, it is okay. I, I am going to say this now. I, I want it on, on the record. Okay. I am okay if we swing and miss at a young coach. If we get a guy and it doesn't work. If it's not Luke Fickle, it's not Lincoln Riley, it's not Davo sure. Swinney, it's just sure. a guy who's there and he blows it. I'm yeah. okay with that. Oh, I agree. You I know? agree. I mean, I've said that about basketball in the past too. Like, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather swing for someone who's on the, on the up. I mean, you know, Herm, it's been okay. I mean, you know, like we'll render the verdict when it's all said and done, I guess. But, but like, I didn't really want Herm, and not because I thought Herm sucked in the NFL or whatever. He had some success, but like, I just think we no, well, we should be getting someone on the up. Well, and, and the thing is, back after ten years, if you want to break it down, you know, there's one of those things, you know, a, mm-hmm. a butterfly effect moment or whatever, but. Yeah. Billy Napier could have been handed the job. He could have. He could have, yeah. 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 Instead, yeah, like, he left to Louisville, and now he's at Florida. Right. Or, I mean, not Louisville, right. uh, Louisiana. Louisiana, right. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, um, you know, it didn't seem like that was a logical move at the time, but, yeah, you know, it, it, it certainly, you look back and think, boy, that might have been a logical move. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm just, know. but that's I mean, what I'm saying. Know. Like that would have been the kind of bold hire where at that time oh, I would have been like, oh man, I don't know. But now today I'm saying like, yeah, do that, you know, I think so. you know, I take, cause now you take the shot. If it doesn't work, it, let's be honest also for a second about Ray Anderson. If this hire doesn't work, that's it. It does. It doesn't, oh, it, it doesn't it, matter if the, it. if the yeah. basketball hire is great. It doesn't matter. Like, this is your this is your last football coach hire. So right, right. I agree. I I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, if and like we talked about, if he even gets to make it, then yeah, it's got to be it's got to be right. You can't just you know let him continue to hire over and over and over again. So yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, this is a discussion that you know as we're having it, I'm sitting here thinking we're probably going to be having this for the better part off and on of the next ten months. Um, you know, because I just think that's the, it's the cloud that's going to loom over the entire 2022 season is the feeling that we're probably going to be replacing the coach. Um, and, and it may become a guarantee at some point between now and then, you know, like I said, if, if things continue on this path and he gets fired in, you know, September, uh, you know, which wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at this point, nothing would surprise me. Mm-hmm. So Let's pivot to a, a coaching change that wasn't Jim Harbaugh back to Michigan. Um, yeah, yeah, a little, a little surprising given that things like I mean, it seemed like everything was trending toward he was going to go to the Vikings. It was, it was all. Well, I mean, done. the you know what was the tweet in the wake of the Brian Flores stuff where it's like right. Harbaugh's expected. It's just a formality. Yeah. He's just going to come there to sign, like <laughs> which was poor timing. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Which I guess it turned out not to be true. Now, I mean, it's the story's just sort of broken, and so I, you know, but my first thought was this: Did he ever really have an intention of going there, or was this a way to try to get more know, money at Michigan? Get more money from Michigan, 
which he took a pay cut before last year. So I'm sure that's got to eat at him a little. And then, you know, take it one step further, conspiracy theory. Was the Vikings' interest all a ploy to get to eventually go to the Dolphins? But now that the Dolphins are in the, in the crosshairs and Stephen Ross is in the crosshairs, he doesn't really want to go to the Dolphins either. That's, I like that. I mean, it's just a <laughs> thought. Like, you know, it just felt like the Vikings' interest was out, like, you could put two and two together that Stephen Ross said, I'm not going to be the guy to take Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. Well, okay, now Jim Harbaugh wants to go to the NFL anyway. Well, all right, I'll jump in there and get him because I love Jim Harbaugh and I want him to coach my team. And then, you know, like maybe right on the doorstep of that happening, all this comes out with Stephen Ross and who knows what's true and what's not. We're a long ways from having any final decisions on that. But still, he's, well, the he's court of the public opinions now. already decided for whatever that's worth. It has. Uh, it's probably that, why the, Hugh those, Jackson wasn't our offensive coordinator for ASU. Probably. probably yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, again, I know that's that's conspiracy theory. But, um, you know, and, and then, you know, the, the guy who wants to just believe everything that he hears, which, you know, that's not me. But, you know, if I want to play that role, I, you know, would say, well, maybe he just realized that, like, I got it pretty good in Michigan. I got a good team. I, I, you know, I'm trending in the right direction with what happened last year, and I want to stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, Michigan called to him when very few expected it to actually happen. Like, you know, it was always one of those, like, fantasy stories. Oh, Jim Harbaugh's going to go back coach Michigan. Yeah, sure. And then it happened. And and so, you know, maybe, maybe that's really where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. You know, we'll see uh, if if this NFL dalliance happens again next year. It certainly could. Um, you know, I I know you know Shefty is doing his part as Michigan's PR man by saying you know he told Ward Manuel that this isn't going to be a yearly thing. Like, okay, I'll believe that when I see it next year. Mm-hmm. Look, I tell people stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as we know, Schefter is invested in Michigan and is going to absolutely play the part of PR man for Michigan, you know, which, yeah. you know, I get it, but important mm-hmm. to remember. Yeah. Look, he's going to carry the water because yes. Adam Schefter is a professional water carrier. He is. He is. Yeah. And I guess on that note, I mean, do we, do we give him credit, him and Jeff Darlington credit for having the Brady story early? I mean, that was a bizarre weekend. Well, my so my understanding from what I have now pieced together is that a TB12 account accidentally tweeted that he was going to retire. I guess. And then everyone was like, no, we're still thinking about it. I think what happened was they knew he was going to retire. They wanted to roll out a bunch of things at once and somebody accidentally hit go. I think you're probably right. Yeah, and ESPN went with it. Because ESPN and did not they, back down. To, to, they did not. To their they credit, they, they went with the retrospective. They went with the sources say they Brady didn't. to retire. Right. You know, right. they you never know, and, went with and, the Brady says he's not or still thinking. They just. Right. And and also to their credit, it seemed like they like they didn't go overboard on the breaking news angle on Tuesday when he announced it. Yeah. It was almost like they, they basically like, well, we already covered this. Like they covered it, but it wasn't like. Oh, we're gonna stop everything to cover this today. It was like, well, we already told you this seventy-two hours ago that he was retiring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess on that note, glad to see him gone. Uh, not shedding any tears. Uh, you know, great career. 
fantastic. End of an Out era. Of End of an era yeah, with him and Roethlisberger going out at the same time. No doubt, no doubt. And then, you, I mean, you add in, you know, last year, Rivers and Breeze, the year before Eli Manning. Like, I mean, you know, a lot of the long time, you know, decade plus long starters are hanging it up, which, you know, hey, that's, that's okay. Uh, you know, there's another batch already here and you know that's the way sports works you know i always hate that like oh the nfl will never be the same after this guy or something like eh, it may not be exactly the same but it's gonna be fine it's like yeah. the nba is gonna be fine and you know like it's there's always a next group that's ready to have their turn we, we don't yeah. need you to be around to, to you know keep breathing well and the thing that you know comes up whenever these things happen is there well there'll never be another mj there'll never be another right. it's like yeah well there isn't another mj not. but there was Kobe and LeBron and LeBron and exactly. Yeah. yeah. And when LeBron retires, there'll be guys behind him. And yeah, I mean, I always get so tired of that. Like, you know, well, or, or the, you know, well, Brady doesn't want to go out with a, with a loss in the playoffs. Like, well, okay. But then after he won the Super Bowl, it was, well, Brady doesn't want to go out when he just won a Super Bowl. He could win another one. At some point you got to go out. And mm. I guess this is the point for him, which is fine. So on that note, he and Ben Roethlisberger will be in the same Hall of Fame class, but you wanted to go through this year's yes. Hall of Fame finalists. Yes, and yes. Well, and, and yes, before we do that, I'll ask you, does Ben Roethlisberger, does his chances of being a first ballot guy take a hit because he's in the same class as Brady? If this were baseball, I would say yes, but because yeah. it's football, I don't think so. Okay. I, I mean, I, I hope not. I think but... that if Rodgers retires too... Yeah. Then it probably does. Then because you, I don't know that they put three in the same year. Yeah. Especially with it only being five guys. And mm-hmm. that yes, smooth segue here. Let's let's let me run through our our fifteen. We'll just do the modern era guys. Mm-hmm. We'll assume that the veterans or the senior committee guys are going to get in because they almost always do. Um, which if they do, and I hope they do, Cliff Branch hundred percent deserving. I'll just say I think he should have been in a long time ago so i hope he gets in as he should but all right let's let's roll through i'm just going to go in alphabetical order and then we'll each give our five who we would take okay so i'll go somewhat slow so you can process this jared allen willie anderson the offensive tackle ronde barber tony Baselli, Leroy butler devin hester tory holt Andre Johnson, Sam Mills, last year on the ballot for for this version, so keep that in mind. Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, Bryant Young. Okay, that's our fifteen. It's so Sam Mills last year on the modern era ballot, and their first year finalists are Andre Johnson, Devin Hester. And DeMarcus Ware. Okay. So I get five. Yes. And this will be just who would you vote for? Not who you think is actually going to be the five, because that's hard to predict. But who would you vote for? So I would vote for Willie Anderson. Really? Yeah. He well, was okay. He was, he was good. good. I mean, hey, look. Like, okay, I'll say this, and I think you probably would agree, like, all of these guys I would be fine getting in. I mean, there's no yeah. one on that list. There's a like, reason oh, why man, they're that here. Guy sucks. Right, yeah. I mean, I know, like, yeah, these guys are good, but okay, he would not be on mine. So we already got some variety. Oh, I, I don't think you'll have Leroy Butler, who I also am picking, but that's uh, a homer pick. I might have pick. Leroy Butler. 
That's no, a home I might have Leroy Butler. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sold on him actually. Then I'm gonna take Sam Mills. Okay. I'm gonna take. Ooh, it gets tricky here. I'm gonna take Zach Thomas. Okay. So I got one left. Yes. This is the, do you think Sandy Koufax type guys deserve to be in? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Patrick Willis. Okay. Well, I'm on board with Patrick Willis. Now, I, I don't think he'll actually get in this year because it's his first year as a finalist. Yeah. Even though it's not his first year eligible. But I totally agree. So this is tough because who would I vote for? I, I'd vote for Tony Baselli. I thought that's where you were going with the Sandy Koufax notion. No, he was. It was interesting. So I, I gave my one O line spot to Anderson. To Anderson, I got you, got you. And I, and and see, I'm going Baselli on that. He's been a finalist a bunch, and and I feel like you know, his his is a tough one. I mean, six years essentially. Yeah. But six great years is that enough to me? It is. Um, I'm gonna go Leroy Butler too. I think Leroy Butler. You know, he's he's an all decade guy. I think he's the only. First team all decade guy from the seventies, eighties, or nineties that's not in already. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, you know, I'd vote for him. I'd go Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. I want to go Patrick Willis, but I don't think they'll. I don't think they will. Nor I guess ultimately would I vote for two inside linebackers in the same year, just because there's other guys that I think are deserving. Well, I voted um, for three linebackers, so. You did. You voted for Sam Mills too. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm I'm going to go Zach Thomas. For that, I'm gonna go Reggie Wayne. Yeah, yeah, that one is your Leroy Butler. Where it is, mm-hmm. it is. And my last one, I'm gonna go Richard Seymour. I thought about going Seymour. It it was so I was it, I picked Mills only because he's done, yeah. and I think he should yeah. be voted in. Uh, you yeah, know. and I and I could see him getting in. I know there was some like last minute regret that they didn't put Clay Matthews in last year when it was his last year on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And so I could see there's being some sentiment toward that. This is a tough class because there's no, so like the first year guys, DeMarcus Ware to me is the most likely, right. but I'm not sure DeMarcus Ware is a first ballot hall of famer. And there is a difference in football. Yeah. Like, I mean, you only get five. So I feel like those guys have to be like, Oh, you look at their name and boom, they're in. You don't have to think about it. And I'm not quite sure I'd go that far with DeMarcus Ware. Now, I will. I read something a few weeks ago or days ago maybe that his, his numbers and career is very comparable to Jason Taylor, who did make it first ballot. So if that trend continues, he probably gets in. But I don't know. And Andre Johnson, I think he's probably a Hall of Famer eventually, but not a first ballot guy to me. Yeah. Now, let's, let's discuss this guy and get your thoughts. Devin Hester, Hall of Famer? I, so, this is the, like, Ray Guy or Adam Vinatieri question, yeah. right? Like, yeah. He, you know. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out one thing that I think is different between him and Vinatieri. How many games did Vinatieri play in that he was a complete non-factor? Probably not many. Yeah. I mean, you know, kicker almost always, you know, does something. Whereas, how many games did Devin Hester do absolutely nothing? And I mean, that's not his fault necessarily, but like, 
you know, he was never really a full-time wide receiver. I mean, I think his best year as a wide receiver, he had like 700 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great splash plays. He had 20 return touchdowns or something. But in, you know, uh, how many games did Devin Hester play? Let me look. Played 156 games. Had mm-hmm. 14 punt return touchdowns, five kick return touchdowns. And I think he had like a kick field goal or whatever. He had 20, 21 touchdowns, something like that. Like, there's a lot of games where he did nothing. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Like, I'm not against him getting in. He was he was a great return man. But, man, like, the difference with Vinatieri is, like, Vinatieri, yeah, I mean, okay, there were some games where he may have had two field goals that seemed relatively inconsequential. But at least he did something. Well, he contributed something to that team. And, and to your point about Vinatieri... He also did it in incredibly meaningful games. He did. He re- did. Regularly. Yeah. Whereas Hester, yeah. like, you know, they made a Super Bowl. Right. But right. And he had the he had the opening kickoff, you know, touchdown return in that that they ended up losing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I mean, I'm not. So, like, I know neither of us picked him as a, as a guy you vote for this year. But I guess it's one of those where. Like, I'm not opposed to the general idea of him being a Hall of Famer. If they put him in, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is an outrage. But I can't see myself at any point this year or any point in the future thinking he's one of the five best guys among all these finalists. I, like, I guess that'd be my thought is like, if he gets in, great. But I don't think if it was if I was in the room voting, I'm not sure I'd ever be like, well, OK, I got to pick him over 10 other guys who very likely contributed on a much more consistent basis to their team. Well, and I think that ultimately this is why we both landed on no. You know, it's he's a specialty player, but there is a, there is a place for that. But I don't know if he achieved that. No, I mean, you You know, know? yeah, I just don't know. Like, and, and, okay, these mathematical stuff, like, it's hard. I don't know how they come up with this stuff. But I'm looking at Pro Football Reference, and they have their Hall of Fame meter, and, and it's, you know, not on a scale of 100 because some of the guys have over 100. But Devin Hester's Hall of Fame meter is the lowest far and away of these finalists, 49.4. What does yeah. that mean? I don't know. Well, because I but think 100 is, is a Hall of Famer. I think so, too. Yeah, like, it should be. So Torrey Holt's a 106. Zach Thomas is 113, Reggie Wayne 108, Patrick Willis 109. Those are the guys over 100. Uh, you know, Leroy Butler's in 90, Andre Johnson 92, Seymour 98. Like, I mean, these guys, like, so again, how they put these numbers together, I, I'm not going to pretend I know, but, like, it's, it's notable. And then they have, what's this other one? Again, weighted career approximate value. Devin Hester's a 47. The lowest among anybody else is Tony Baselli at 66. And that's probably because Tony Baselli only played six years. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's just, again, I know I don't want to be a stat head and, you know, just be like, well, the numbers don't back it up. Sorry. Uh, you know, he was a great player, but I'm just not sure he's a hall of famer. I think he's a, he's a hall of famer in Madden. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know if you played Madden, like, Oh yeah, I got to have Devin Hester. Well, the but same way Mike Vickens. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like is Mike Vick a Hall of Famer? No, he had some great high end moments. Mm-hmm. But did I mean 
Like, okay, was Devin Hester a more impactful player than Michael Vick? No. I don't think so. Uh, you know, so, and, and I don't think Michael Vick's a Hall of Famer. Great player at, at times, mm-hmm. but not a Hall of Famer. So I don't know. That that one's a tough one. I'm surprised he's a first ballot finalist, honestly. Like, to me, that that's kind of shocking. Over, I mean, like, other first-year guys this year that were semifinalists, Steve Smith, Vince mm-hmm. Wilfork, Anquan Bolden. Like, I, to me, I'd have all those guys ahead of Devin Hester when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Heinz Ward. Still, has never been a finalist, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, some of these guys, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. You can make a good argument, but there were 11 semifinalists who didn't make the cut. and For most of those, I could make a good argument they should be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, but, yeah, I, don't, I mean, now, who do I think gets in? I'm not going to say all five. I think Baselli gets in. It feels like it's his year. Mm-hmm. They've cleared the log jam. He's been a finalist like six times in a row now. Feels like it's his time. Beyond that, I'm not confident in anybody. Mm-hmm. It seems like a crapshoot. Yeah. It, it, the thing with a year like this that's good in a lot of ways is it's a chance for guys. It's a palate cleanser year. It's a chance for guys who've it been is. hanging around the Leroy Butlers. And this is why partly nice. A, nice. A, an argument for Sam Mills this is why, you know, this is the time, you know, they've it been is. around, they've made it, they've made it, they've made it. Okay. Let's right. You know. And there's no obvious first year guys. Like you had, you know, last year you had Manning and Woodson and, and Calvin Johnson. They all got in first year. Like this year you could, you could go no first year guys. And I don't think there'd be any like outrage. Like how did you not put this guy in? Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it feels like, you know, I think, I think last year's final 10, the 10 to five who didn't get in, I think Baselli, Butler, Seymour, I can't remember the other one. One of them was Clay Matthews, who's no mm-hmm. longer eligible, but it feels like, you know, like those guys, they, they probably get in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Butler should be in. I, yeah, I'm, I'm completely on board with that. Yeah. It'll probably lead to a, an extra special edition leap vodka which is his vodka company here. <laughs> <laughs> probably so probably so yeah i gotta gotta get that marketing done but uh it's i mean it's always interesting like uh, you know the the wide receiver call was tough for me too because I, I mean reggie wayne yeah he played for the colts so i give him a little but tory holt tory holt was great numbers are pretty darn impressive yeah greatest show yeah, on I mean, turf. Has, yeah you know. i mean he played he played three less years than Wayne and Andre Johnson has more touchdowns than Andre Johnson just behind Wayne. Like, I mean, you know, it's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, yeah. like I think he should probably be in again. I mean, I, I'd look at the list and I guess, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as hot on Willie Anderson as you not against him, but I, you know, well, look, I, Hester, uh, of you know, them, I was going in alphabetical order until the end. Then I, gotcha. you know, but I, no, I he was not I my easiest call. It's not your easy. No, I understand. I, I, I knew that. I just like, I'm not sure that I'd vote for him. He's good, you know, but I don't know if he's a hall of famer. Um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, being sucked in by the, the, the Baselli you know, story of Baselli. Yeah. You know, I mean like Anderson played 13 seasons and Baselli played six. Mm-hmm. Should that matter? It probably should. You know, uh, that's, that's well, I mean, a tough one for me. Yeah, because it's interesting, right? Like, Baselli is 
like Joe Thomas, except his career was six years instead of 12. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's a guy who, you know, that's an easy. I think he's up next year. Yeah, that's an easy one if you want. If you want an offensive tackle, like, and that's why for Baselli, this kind of feels like it because you you'd have to agree. I think everyone would have to agree. Joe Thomas was a better player than Baselli, so if they're both oh, on, sure. you got to give it to For Joe sure. Thomas. And I, yeah, and I think Joe Thomas is is I don't know who else is up next year, but I'm pretty sure he's one. To me, he you know as I said, you know, a first ballot guy should be a guy you just see his name and you're like, yep, Hall of Famer. He's that. Like yeah. you just you don't really have to think about it. You don't have to break down the numbers and just yes, he's all a favor. Well, and and until his final season, it was just you plugged him in at left tackle. He, he would be there snap. every snap yeah. until the season yeah. was over. Yeah, yeah, a oh, hundred. I mean, to no doubt, no doubt. He's a he's a slam dunk lock. You know, I'm tempted to say that about Demarcus Ware, but then I say like, well, okay, if you're tempted to say it, then he probably isn't it. Mm-hmm. I guess is it. You know, like he's the one of the of the three first ballot or first year guys that I'm like, okay, I'd, I'd be most on board with him getting in. Andre Johnson, great receiver, but if Chris Carter and Tim Brown weren't first ballot Hall of Famers, then Andre Johnson isn't either. Yeah, agreed. He can he can wait his turn. I'm on board with that. So, so yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll get our answer here in uh, eight days. I guess we'll see. We'll see how we did on our votes. Mm-hmm. But uh, always, always a good discussion. And then, you know, lastly, what what were your thoughts on the championship games? Well, and I should say, lastly, if you have anything else you want to talk about, we can. But you know, but effectively, feels like, lastly, feel like we're rounding third base yeah. on this discussion. But you know, hey, I, I'm game to talk about other things too. I, if you want, you know. I think you got to start the whole conversation with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah, I did not. I did not expect Jamar Chase to come in and make the impact he's making, given you know the amount of time between meaningful football games he had, and and then remember, do you remember in in training camp how well Jamar Chase can't catch anything? Can't catch the ball. Yes, it's going to be a disastrous pick. Mm. I sure do remember it. Yeah, yeah, he was being you know, lampoon for his comment about how it's tougher to catch without the stripes on the ball and in college. And yeah, yeah, that feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was a heck of a thing. And then the, just the sudden and utter disappearance of the chiefs offense in the second half, like what happened? Well, for the second time against the Bengals. Yes. (laughs) You know, it was very, very much like the first, I mean, they were up 14, nothing the first time. And, and now that was in Cincinnati, and you feel like, all right, you know, like it's not going to happen at Arrowhead in the AFC title game. But it, yeah, almost the exact same thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure people who know X's and O's better could could explain it. But like, what did the Bengals do different in that second half, or what did the Chiefs stop doing, or or what was it? But man, the, those first three, really four drives, because. Yeah. You know, the, the last drive of the half, they should have at least gotten a field goal. Well, that looms large, doesn't it? Oh, huge, huge. I mean, uh, you know, that, that was such a turning point to, you know, even if you just come away with a field goal, you feel like, all right, we answered their touchdown. We're up by 14, get the ball to start the half. We're, you know, but yeah, that was, it was, that a, was a huge mistake. It was a very cocky move. It was. And, and frankly, I, you know, 
this is unfair because he's a tremendous coach. And I'm saying this acknowledging that yeah. it is an unfair statement. Yeah. But Andy Reid, when Andy Reid gets nervous, he throws. I know. And <laughs> I know. And, <laughs> and that's basically what happened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no doubt about it. Yes. Uh, the Chiefs have sort of masked a little of those Andy Reid tendencies that, that came out with Philadelphia because the last few years they've just had such superior talent that it feels like anytime they need it, they can just, you know, get it to Tyreek Hill, get it to Kelsey, let Mahomes create some magic, and, and it's going to be fine. And in that second half, they didn't have, like, you just kept waiting for it. You just kept thinking, all right, they're, they're going to go on this drive, they're going to hit Hill on a 60-yard bomb, or Kelsey's going to get open down the middle for 30 yards, and, you know, and it just it just wasn't there when they needed it. And, yeah, the, the Andy Reid tendencies came back to life a little bit. You know, they probably – threw it too much in that second half when they had the lead for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were running the ball well in the first half. Like the running game kind of disappeared on them by their own choice. Yeah. But, you know, I know the reason why you asked this is to talk about the late game and, and to talk specifically about uh, Matt Stafford. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, the AFC game was more compelling, I would say. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, what can I say, man? I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, uh, you know, like it's, uh, there are scenarios that you play out in your mind and I did it many a year in the, you know, months of June, July, August, like, you know, the lions are going to go to the super bowl. They're going to, you know, Matt Stafford's going to have this moment and to think he's actually going to a super bowl, not with the lions, but nonetheless going is pretty cool. I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 10 points down going to the fourth quarter, he, he, he brought him back. Got a little help with that dropped interception. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's game, man. You know, like, uh, he also had a drop touchdown in the first half when Ben Skoranek couldn't, you know, get his hands around to actually make a catch, and they ended up getting no points on that drive. So, you know, comes out even. Yeah, there was a drop pick, but he should have. they should have been up, you know, 14-7 in the first half if Skoranek could catch. Yeah. So, you know, I guess the – the Stafford OBJ first Super Bowls, yeah. uh, you know, I think that there is, look, it's more talented this time around, but no Todd Gurley. There's something that you got to say for a guy, McVay, you know, 38 years old, two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know, yeah. This I mean, guy could be coaching for another 25 years. Yeah, he could if he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree. Uh, pretty impressive. And, and, with, in many ways, I mean, you, you kind of illustrated it right there, like what feels like an almost entirely different team. Other than um, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, you know, but but the other key pieces, I mean, Cooper Cup wasn't on that team, was he? I or don't. What? Maybe he was a rookie. He uh, might have been. He wasn't a, a key part of the offense. No, no. You know, he was more, if he was on it, he might have been on it. But I think, you know, very supporting cast. Um, you know, Jared Goff, obviously, Todd Gurley. There was no Jalen Ramsey. There was no Von Miller. I mean, this is this is a different team than what they had in 2018, and they laid an egg in that game, obviously. But you know, to to get there twice in four years is is pretty remarkable. Yeah, um, and, I predict know, that they will score more points this time. I sure hope so. Yeah, if they're going to win, <laughs> they very likely need to. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, that that was one of the most boring Super Bowls of my life. Was that three years ago against the Patriots? Man, what a what a dry, boring game that was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this one won't feel that way no matter what because I'm more invested in it, obviously. But um, yeah, you know, pretty pretty remarkable. And I mean, gosh, you know, the, the Cincinnati story. What what can you say that hasn't already been said? Like, you know, to go from the worst team in the league two years ago, four wins last year, uh, and you know, make this turnaround is is pretty amazing. I mean, it's uh, you know. That's what that's what keeps us interested in the NFL. You got you know the two four seeds that make the Super Bowl. Like it's not it's not formulaic like college football sometimes feels. Where it's like, well, it's it's gonna be one of these you know six teams before the year. You know that like nobody had the Bengals. People had the Rams. The Rams came into the year with a lot of expectations, but you know it it's it's why we watch, I guess. Yeah. So. We'll be back. We'll we'll give some picks for the Super Bowl. We'll talk about whatever the heck happens with the ASU yeah. defensive coordinator position. <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> happened in the last six days with old Arizona State football, so who knows what will happen mm-hmm. in the next few. And basketball, just throwing us out there, playing three top 20 yeah. teams, probably going to go 0-3. All at home, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll say probably so. Yeah, Decent, decent effort against Arizona on Saturday. Yeah. I was... Yeah. Moderately surprised that they were competitive. Hey, look, uh, for they, most of the game, say this about this team: they don't quit. They no. they just can't. You That's know, not very good. You know, we're, they can't hit water down. falling out of a boat right now from three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just yeah. I mean, it's it's very frustrating to have a team that you know supposedly with a coach that specializes in offense and. Our, you know, I read Haller's story about, well, you knew the scoring, you know, slump, slump was going to come at some point. Like, wow, did, how quickly did we turn into this team? Are we back did, to Herb Sendek years? Did you? Did you know when we had the, <laughs> the Mac all-time three-point leader? And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, supposedly we got, you know, DJ Horn and all the, oh, these guys could shoot. And, like, well, and the uh, old, Horn's the only guy who happened. is shooting. Jackson's know, been terrible. He's he been terrible. And look, yeah. it's tough to put it on these kids. It's a new situation. It's all these new things. But man, yeah. alive, Bobby, I, it's I know. it's a rough well, end. Did you, did you read Haller this week? Said you know he. I mean, I of course sort of couched it, but you know it's expected that Hurley will return next year. Yeah. Really? Really? Are we? I mean, I don't think anything should be decided right now. Like, let's see how the rest of the season plays out. If we go winless the rest of the year, which is very much in play. Like, he should not return next year. Uh, you know, if we pull off some upsets and show some life, I guess. But, gosh, I, I hope that decision hasn't been made yet. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.